I remember I once started a podcast with the line, Good morning, Vietnam! Good morning, Vietnam! Robin Williams, that's who it is, Robin Williams. I started at Good Morning, Vietnam, but never in all my puff did I think I'll be opening up an episode of the Speed Mender podcast where the threat to life and limb and the economy would be even greater than any war zone that these shores have ever seen. Now this may sound melodramatic and I'm actually recording this episode about six weeks ahead of when you will probably see it. So hopefully, or probably hear it, so hopefully you can all take the piss out of me about this episode if it all blows over much quicker than expected and this episode doesn't stand the test of time. But the threat we're facing is probably of biblical uh, proportions. Now by the way, this is episode 146 of the Speed Mentor podcast. With me, your host, Gavin Wall. And if you're a new listener to the show, I thank you for hitting the show up. And hopefully there won't be too many like this episode as the world is currently um, struggling. Now, I, I must say, I'm going to sing my own praises here a little bit, folks. But I'm pretty good on business, finance and the economy and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this is on a scale like I have never seen before. Now, the, the 2008 property-related crash it's going to look like a teddy bear's picnic on Walrus Island compared to the 2020 corona crisis. Now, you know it's big when a fucking new emoji is created just to showcase it. Now, the only good thing about the new emoji being uh, created for the corona is that my son will stop sending me poop emojis for a while as he has a new toy to play with and that's the little green fucking splodge that represents a corona. Now, I mean, back to the banking crisis... They didn't even have an emoji for the banking crisis. And shut the fuck up for all of you who are saying that there weren't emojis about at, the, at that time. And you can fuck off to Dickhead Island if you even thought that. But I think I got on before you had a chance to even think about it. So I'm just trying to lighten the mood a little bit here. The banking crisis didn't have an emoji. That's evidence that it wasn't that big. But the corona crisis, it has an emoji. Or the corona has an emoji. The little green splodge. Okay, now... I was doing a post on LinkedIn this morning about why Northern Ireland will get through this. Look, for the purposes of this episode, just swap out the name of Northern Ireland just and just swap in the area that you live in. Because um, I know that many of you live outside Northern Ireland and hope, hopefully the episode will work just fine for the area you live in. Although my gut is that for all sorts of reasons, and I might come to them later in the show, Northern Ireland is best placed not to take advantage of, but best placed not to have the downside that some other areas, um, like London, for instance, might have um, from the corona crisis. Uh, I think we're best placed even ahead of uh, the south of Ireland and Wales and all the way. I think we're really well placed. But anyway, only time will tell. And we will get through it. But the cost of the whole thing will be like nothing we've ever seen before. Now, a quick caveat, as I say. Because I am worried about this I'm recording this about six weeks ahead So anything could happen Who knows uh, Covid um, may have caught me in its crosshairs By the time that you hear this episode uh, But I think that's a unlikely As I'm self-isolating on Walrus Island And as I've always told you Only a few select people 
um, get to Walrus Island and nobody knows where the island is. So we're, we're safe on Walrus as we're now quarantining every new inhabitant here just before we even let them in. And you can't fly here in any event other than on my private jet and no one gets on my private jet. So you're not likely to arrive here in any, unless you swim. You need to be a good swimmer. Anyway, for all you, and by the way, if you are a first time listener and you're hearing all this stuff about Waller's Island, God help you. You won't have a clue what I'm talking about, but there will be some decent content hopefully in the episode anyway. Anyway, for all you lot um, still stuck on Walrus, how can I cheer? And all you lot who aren't on Walrus, how can I cheer you up? Or more importantly, how can I help you get through this? If only I could get through this. I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. I gotta make it, make it. I'm gonna make it through. And give me just a second and I'll be alright Surely one more moment couldn't break my heart Give me till tomorrow then I'll be okay Just another day and then I'll hold you tight When your love is pouring like the rain I close my eyes and it's gone again When will I get the chance to say I love you? I pretend that you're already mine Then my heart I'm breaking every time I look into your eyes if only I could get through this If only I could get through this I gotta get through this I gotta get through this If only I could get through this Only one more moment and I'll make you mine I don't know if I got the tune I was thinking I was struggling with the tune just there at the start folks I'm not quite sure but in the middle I really got into my flow I was really, I was really nailing it And just real crescendo right to the end of that song And that was a guy called Daniel Benningfield Now I wonder how Corona is treating Daniel. I've absolutely no idea. Uh, if you know him, uh, maybe you can give him a shout and get in contact and tell him to hit the show up and we'll maybe do a wee feature on past heroes. And uh, just as I was saying that, I was thinking, didn't his sister, I think his sister, released a few songs also. She might even have been more successful than him. I don't know. But you know what? I remember a few weeks back, back to the episode anyway, I remember a few weeks back, um, I, I did um, REM It's the end of the world as we know it I don't know whether there's a bit of a theme starting to build up here I think that was the time that Trump tweeted about World War 3 or something like that it was back in January And that could easily have been a much more appropriate song for this episode But I'm starting to worry That's two episodes like that done already um, In the first few months of the month But you might have noticed that I'm rambling a little As I haven't decided where this episode is going to go yet I've actually so much to choose from uh, I mean, we could do an episode on, firstly, we got to get through this, a resilience sort of a type episode. Or I could do an episode, I could tell you a load of jokes, maybe some black humour, some Ulster, do you know uh, whether, to, you don't know whether to laugh laugh at me or punch me in the face type of stuff. Or thirdly, I could do a head in the sand episode like the politicians did for too long, probably on, on the corona. Or fourthly, I could do some financial advice around paring back your costs and where to target your spend. Or maybe fifthly, I could... Maybe I'd do a, a Mystic Meg and give you my predictions for, for deaths. Sounds a bit ghoulish. Um, and by the way, as I've said, Northern Ireland, don't believe the scare stories. It's not going to be anywhere near as bad on the deaths front, but do all the things that you're being told to do. Uh, and I do also statistics and predictions about um, drops in GDP or the length of the depression. And it will be a depression, folks, not just a recession. Our number six... Maybe I could do an episode on black swan events like the 2008 property crash or this corona crisis and how to make sure you take advantage of any opportunities that come along. Or maybe, seventhly, I could 
do a talk about how I survived 2008 despite losing every penny I had. Going from multi-millionaire to living in my sister-in-law's back bedroom for five years with my wife and kids. Or number eight, maybe I could just do a talk about um, social distancing uh, and self-isolation. But by the time you hear this episode, you're probably sick and tired of, of hearing that. It's just sort of starting to kick off now. Now, do you know what we'll do? Given we're only at the start probably of the pandemic and when I'm recording this, I'll do a little bit about each of those and see if I can guide you because I don't know which of those is really going to become um, most prevalent. So so here it goes. We'll start with number one. We've got to get through this. We've got to get through this. The resilience piece. The resilience piece. Now, I have noticed a couple of categories of people, okay, as we head into um, the corona crisis. Um, uh, A, the young people who are getting unfairly pilloried, in my view, for not realising the risks and getting when they're getting out of school early and, and they want to get together and all the rest of it. Now, I mean, be serious, folks. Who the fuck did all the dicks who've been yapping about closing down the schools, what did they expect was going to happen when the schools were closed down? I'm not, I'm not looking to have a go with people are saying about, but what did you expect to happen? Letting loads of young kids out of school so they don't have to do exams, telling them that they're going to have six months off. What the fuck is going to happen? Now, so whenever the inevitable happens, stop yapping about every twist and fucking turn. Give me strength. I'm I'm not saying that you weren't right to close down the schools. It's just been closed down. Albeit, I thought on balance, closing them down brought more risk into the system. But I realise that every action has an equal or opposite reaction or consequence sometimes. But there was inevitably going to be kids going down to the beach and having a bit of a party, etc. That's just something we'll have to deal with. Don't go fucking overboard now. Then there's the Y-Gen type of people who have a stake in society, a job, maybe a house. But this is their first real experience um, at the feeling of the brutality, the brutality of adult life. You see, when you're growing up and you're a teenager and all, you just don't realise how brutal adult life can be. And these guys, these Gen Ys, these guys and gals are fucking shitting themselves. They're bunkering down and taking it all very seriously. There's a lot of fear in this demographic. They're maybe worrying about losing their jobs or their businesses dropping off for the first time ever in their lives. And they're rightly getting worried. And then there's the midlife brigade like me, who've been through this type of shit before, albeit this time there's not just the economic threat um, that we've had in the past. There's also a health threat too. And as you get a little bit older, you're maybe more susceptible to it. Um, we're, we're maybe a little more sanguine, I would say, over the whole thing. We want to be sensible and do the things that we're told to do. But we think we're going to get through to the other side also. Then finally, there's the boomers. I'm not quite a boomer, folks, just in case you think I am. But they fall into two brackets. People may be calling me a boomer, but I'm not by age, if you know what I mean. They fall into two, but not just post-war, 1970, my year is born. Now, they fall into two brackets. The sensible ones who self-isolated like my parents and the dickheads who've been through the war and say the poxy little emoji ain't going to stop them in their tracks. Now, this subsection of a subsection are the ones I'm really worried about. They'll catch it and they have a significant chance of dying when they do. And each of those deaths will scare the crap out of the rest of us and heighten the panic and the economic damage for everyone else. So for me... If you want some advice to all of those categories of people, by the way, in that last category of, of elderly, be ones in, in nursing homes and stuff, 
and who are already in hospital who'd be really susceptible. I'm really, really worried about them. So for me, the advice is to get off Twitter, get off WhatsApp, get off Facebook and all the other scare story stuff. Stay at home as much as possible. Self-isolate completely if you're elderly or at risk and be mindful of distancing if we must go out. And number two, just remember I was, I was telling you I was going to go through all these different wee headings that I had. Number two, um, this was meant to be the joke sh- jokes section. Now, I'm not sure if I've ever told you this, but I can't really tell jokes. I actually can't remember them. I can't remember jokes. I have this weird, and it's a sort of self-diagnosed mental dyslexia about remembering words in a particular order. Now, that sounds weird, but it's actually true. Um, and, and if that's an actual thing, and you, if you have that sort of... Um, uh, self-diagnosed thing that I have so a mental dyslexia about remembering words in a particular order can you hit me up and let me know because I want to know if there are other people who have that or if it's just me so there'll be no jokes in this episode because I don't know any jokes so sorry to disappoint you I know a lot of people laugh at the podcast but I think they're laughing at me and not with me number three head in the sand the politicians are too slow on a number of fronts and I'm not going to say um uh what you're all expecting me to say, that they were too slow to the lockdown. No, I'm going to say they were too slow on realising the economic impact of the pandemic and of developing an antibody test and of finding a way probably to get, get out of this. I, I work with An- Andrew Cuthbert, as you know, and he's worked in the lab space for years. And the first thing he said to me at the start of this was that he thinks he could develop uh, an antibody test um, that we'll need if we're ever going to get out of it. So he was miles ahead of everybody else. Now, that test... Uh, will be our way out. Now, it's more important even than a vaccine, perhaps, um, and the politicians need to wake the fuck up. Now, if they don't do this, there will end up being riots on the streets from people who've had the virus, are probably immune and unlikely to be carriers who will be smashing down barricades, wanting to get back out and economically active again before too long. So sorry about that, that dark, stark warning there, folks. Number four, Pairing back costs and analysing your spending. Now, if you're not already um, on this, get on it right away. Your business, if you're not making uh, PPE or hand wash or bog roll or COVID-19 testing kits, it's going to drop through the floor in terms of your turnover like you've never seen before. Uh, Can I just give you all a word of advice on this front? Do not, I repeat, do not disappear up your own hole and hide. The services you offer may have to be adapted You may even need to offer them for free. You may need to add value. You may market yourself differently. You may have to eke out uh, sort of new markets. You may have to pivot once or twice. You may have to do that. You'll have to lay off staff. Every difficult decision you could ever face as a business person will be faced in the next few weeks. But remember, we're all in this together. So people will understand as long as you deal with them fairly and openly. Now, don't underestimate the capacity of people to share pain as a collective. I'll say one final thing on the finances. Um, uh, Don't just cut off the sort of the cleaners and the charities and the incidental spend. Have a look at it. These are people who've done well for you over the years and they will become the most vulnerable and they are at most risk. So if you can, don't just stop everything. Now, number five, predictions. Remember, I'm doing this a long way out. Um, so this could look very stupid at, by the time it reaches your ears. Uh, deaths in Northern Ireland uh, will be much lower, in my view, than elsewhere um, and much lower than predicted. But the economic pack impact will be much greater than is being predicted. Now, I'll not say much more than that as I'm betting against the house and I'm not in control of any of the variables. 
But I'll say one thing, which is that the societal and health effects of the lockdowns in both mental and physical terms will dwarf the deaths caused due to infection by COVID-19 itself. Now, I'm not saying not to underestimate the threats of COVID-19, but we need to be calm and keep an eye on the whole picture rather than be hysterical about immediate COVID-19 deaths on their own. Now, don't let Karen on Facebook determine the outcomes for the next generation. And remember, I am not saying to break any um, rules or guidance that will be given by government, okay? Um, Self-isolation for the old, uh, uh, elderly, and for the at-risk, social distancing, clean your hands, and work from home if you can, okay? Number six, this is pure a pure black swan event. A black swan event of utter purity. The, the last black swan was totally predictable in 2008, the housing and banking crash. In fact, I predicted it myself, um, just that it was bigger than I thought, and the actions I took to avoid it were actually the wrong ones, and they actually put me in more jeopardy, and I got knocked out like Mike Tyson with an uppercut when he was in his prime. Now, this time, there's no way to predict or avoid it. For those who don't know what a black swan event is, it's an unpredictable event that is beyond what is normally expected of a situation and has potentially severe consequences and they're characterised by their extreme rarity, their severe impact and the widespread uh, um, uh, insistence that they were obvious in hindsight. Okay, now Corona is a pure black swan for a hundred years in my honest opinion. Now it's like the minute. Do you know what it's like? It's like the millennium bug for computers on New Year's Eve 1999, except for humans. And this one actually happened unlike the millennium bug, which only threatened to happen. So, number seven. I survived 2008 intact physically, if not financially. And I came back even stronger to tell the tale. And I'm still telling the tale to you here today. Now, what tips have I for you to help you get through this? I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. Okay, so I'm going to give you a list of tips here now. All right, I'm not going to sing anymore. I'm going to give you six or seven tips. The first is A, give up alcohol. Give up alcohol. Not only will it save you money during this period of time, you'll need a clear head to get through all of this shit in any event. B, it's easy to be the good guy or gal when you're winning. It's much more difficult to do that when you're losing. And we'll all be losing in one way or another at this time. So be gentle and caring with others. You have no idea what other people are going through um, and you're not the only person with problems. C. Work your proverbial balls off. Fuck the time to reflect that many are talking about. That's okay if you're working a great business like a big bank or something uh, or some other business like that and you're working remotely a bank, a business that isn't under threat. But that will not be the case for most of us and probably not for my listeners. So if you're an entrepreneur... Um, start fighting for your fucking life Remember, no one owes you anything Massive action is the only thing That we'll do in these circumstances Now post 2008 I worked 16 hours a day Every day for 7 years Except for 32 days that I had off I worked Christmas day the whole time No weekends, nothing 32 days off, 7 years, 16 hours a day That's what I did I refused to give myself time To think about the fucking mess I worked until it was fixed And I didn't stop until it was fixed you do the fucking same. Don't reflect. Go out and fucking achieve. Don't be listening to all these fucking twats, pardon my French, who are telling you, oh, it's going to be a good wee time to reflect and all the rest of it. Oh, we can just take... You, you, you need, need to go out. You're a fucking... This is hunter-gatherer stuff. You're all right. You mightn't be allowed to go out, but you can go out online, okay? Sorry, I went off and on there. 
day, make the tough decisions. If you have to let it all go, do it quickly and start to build again. Don't fuck the banks over on the way out. You'll need them on your way back. And as I've said before, I was banked in two years, probably the first person in Northern Ireland to be banked again after the wipeout because I did everything the right way. So don't be fucking off a whole lot of people on the way out. E, meditate. Meditate. See, when you're not going flat to the mat, the other thing to do is meditate. It'll help clear your head as you fight your way through this. And F, goal set. I've got episodes on goal setting and sacrifice set. Sacrifice setting. Make a plan for the next 12 months and stick to it no matter what. Okay, and uh, number eight then. Now I'm back then to our list of things that we were, I was going to talk about. Number eight on self-isolation and social distancing. Follow the guidelines as best as possible. Okay, enough said on that. Okay, look, I don't know how much use this episode will be to anybody. It's a bit of a corona patchwork quilt of disparate but connected matters relating to the crisis. I hope I'm right about the impact of the illness on Northern Ireland and wrong about the societal, health and financial impact of our response to the crisis. Only time will tell. Uh, But it's not about being right. It's about all of us collectively getting out on the other side and to that end it might be a black swan event but how you respond is down to you it's your choice I'm a man on a mission